special episode of Pasture Bedtime with me, Melanie. <laughs> and and me, Stephanie. I always, like, I've no, just, in listening to our podcast, <laughs> I notice that every single time I say, it's me, Melanie, I laugh afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I just did it again. But anyway, that's just... You're like, a, there's nothing more embarrassing than being Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact yikes. that I've had to admit this in public is really <laughs> unfortunate for all of us. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, special episode this time. If you listened to the last episode, which who knows if you did, um, Stephanie was reviewing... Or talking to us about Shadow Horse by Allison Hart, and we discovered that there is in fact now a sequel that came out in 2010 titled Whirlwind, um, which that was a life changing moment for me because I spent many years waiting for that sequel. And I, f- I feel like it's probably the same feeling that I had when like recently Tamora Pierce started writing again, and it had been like decades or something, and I was like. What? It's like this. Here's my new series. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what is happening? Where was this when I was actually a child and excited about it? Well, I mean, you can still be excited. About yeah, it. I still am reading this them. one. For me, was like not. It just has a different feel when you're nearly thirty than when you're like ten. I I mean, the whole thing was like. It was a very, uh, hello, fellow kids kind of book, where I'm like, Allison, these are intimacies that you, a very adult lady, have. I don't know if these are problems a 13-year-old girl would have. Yeah. Are you referring to, um, how she was like, I don't, I don't have the time or, like, the capacity to have feelings for Chase right now, so we are just good friends. And a, a lot of her behavior towards Chase, I was like... Okay, so quick, quick question, quick comment on that, uh, ma'am. So your your thirteen year old hero here didn't grow up with her mom because her mom, like you know, didn't want a family or didn't want to take care of her for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that wouldn't cause some level of like you know abandonment issues or whatever. But before this, like it seems that her grandma and her grandpa were great parents to yeah. her. And we're a loving couple, and that's, like, the family she's grown up with her entire life. And then, okay, she had, like, one traumatic incident with, like, the whole, like, her attacking Hugh and then having to go to juvie for a little bit. But I don't really feel like that would be enough to negate all of, like, the good, like, role modeling and relationships that she's already seen. So so for her, as a 13-year-old, to be like, I don't have time for love, I'm I'm like... (laughs) You're 40. That's what this is. (laughs) And the moment of um, she's reading, like, a popular vampire romance novel, which given that this came out in 2010, I was like, this is clearly Twilight because the movie had come out, like, the year before. Like, you're clearly reading Twilight. And at one point she's like, 
thinking about Chase and she's like, oh my God, I'm not some, she's like, get it, get it together. Like, you're not some love struck girl in, in a novel. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Okay. This, is a, this is a shot at Bella Swan. Now, like. But also, this is, that's literally what you are. I mean, I like, I, I was definitely on the like, I don't think that Twilight is well written and I think it's bad bandwagon back in the day. But it, like, it Yikes. smacks very strongly of, like, in fan fiction is called an idfic, where you're like, look, I acknowledge this story doesn't make sense, but these are all the things that I would like to experience that I wish would ha- happen to me. That's what I'm talking about in this story. If you came here for literature, that's not what we're doing. We're exploring weird things that we want, you know? Yeah. Um that's like very strongly the like the energy of Twilight to me, where it's like if you if you're wanting it to make sense, or you're hoping that it's going to be like, like every aspect of the world building is going to be well thought out and mm. all of that, this is like a dream that Stephanie Meyer had. That's literally what it is, you know. Like that's her inspiration was a dream that she had. Yeah. So oh, oh I know. <laughs> this is it's it's like. Here it is, straight from my subconscious. Is that a mess? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, there's an honesty to that. Yeah. I guess, where were you when I was 15? Because <laughs> I was I was deep, deep in the trenches. Oh, the whole thing I was like, oh, both of these male characters are extremely abusive. <laughs> I, I, listen, we all have dark times in our past, um... I, the creepiest part to me, which I know that, like, she's finally gonna actually put out Midnight Sun, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you ever read, like, the excerpt of that that was going around. Did I ever read it, Stephanie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, do you remember, yes, do you I remember did. the part where he says, he, like, sneaks into her room when she's not there, and then looks at her CDs, and then buys some of the same CDs to put in his car, so that later when he's in there, she'll see that they have some of the same music taste, and mm-hmm. she'll be like, oh, we have something in common. That is the creepiest shit that I've ever seen. Yeah, you know. Because I, I remember that scene from the other books, where, mm-hmm. like, they, like, she's in his car, and she's thinking about how, like, Basically, they don't have anything in common, and they have this, like, age difference, Mm -hmm. essentially, and, like, what would they even talk about sort of thing. And she sees those CDs and is reassured. So the manipulation worked. Like, the thing he was trying to accomplish through doing that was accomplished. Sorry, guys, the the hedgehog is being being harmed as we speak. If you hear anything, that's what what that is. Um... Listen, I'm not saying I made, like, great choices or had logical thought patterns <laughs> many years ago. You know, we um, we but... were talking about this earlier in the week, how when Melanie was little, just, just no critical engagement, head empty, so happy. I was just like, amazing. Yes, this is... <laughs> You want to read something that is truly fantastic? It is this. That was me <laughs> Have with, you like, read every... Shadow Horse? <laughs> it was, like, me with every book that I read. I'm like, fantastic. They really know what to do with the written word. But they've got their <laughs> finger on the, on the pulse. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Edward Cullen? Hell yeah. Like, problematic? Not on my watch. <laughs> I also... 
I look yeah, at I, Stephanie I mean, Meyer's I mean, website every single day. Think think of the two of the two romantic options presented here. You've you've got Edward the Stalker or Jacob the Date Rapist. Like which one would you rather date? Like <laughs> they're both really bad. I get it now. Um yeah, I mean, I, I get it now. I, also, in Midnight Sun, he there are, like, several long passages where he's, like, fantasizing and then very specifically planning out how he would kill her and, like, get a, or, like what his next steps would be after he did that. Do you not remember that? It's, like, the, the part in the science, like, when he, like, first sees her in the science classroom, he's thinking about how he wants to kill her. And then he's thinking about how then he would have to kill everyone in the room and all of the further things that would have to happen. And, like, no, maybe he can hold it together until after school and then just go kill her at her house and then probably also her dad. And, like, going into all these different scenarios. And the whole time I'm like, you could just leave. You could just leave the fucking room, like, to be like, oh, I can hold it together enough to not kill her now, but I'm going to have to kill her later. Like, what a piece of trash. Anyways... Yeah, you know, I can't explain why. <laughs> it's an infant. We already talked about it. Oh, just that. Straight from the deep, dark recesses. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, when I read that, it was like, none of it was alarming. No, like, no critical was, engagement. No, we already talked about it. It just, yeah, there was just I nothing, don't know. Maybe there. Maybe generally, I just am tuned in tune to whether or not I think somebody's dangerous in like yeah. all scenarios. I, I remember, I, 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 rem- I remember dating a guy who said that he thought I was overly like, overly conscious about my physical safety all the time, and I was like, literally, what do you think? What is my job if not to keep myself physically safe? What am I supposed to be doing if not that? You know, I mean, historically, isn't that the man's job, Stephanie, to keep a woman safe? I have never. <laughs> They're really, felt really, it. really good at it. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, I think the only time that I've been like, "Oh, maybe a man will help me in this scenario," is I was at a party and I accidentally got drunk. In hindsight, I don't know what I thought was in the punch in a bucket. It's clearly just straight alcohol and Kool-Aid. I didn't think about it very much. It's, it was that or beer. I hate beer. Mm. I got halfway through this, like, cup, and I was like... Did you say it was in a bucket? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and halfway through it, I was like, I just started to feel suspicious. I was like, something's wrong. What is it? Oh, I'm drunk. (laughs) I feel... suspicious (laughs) something's not right here (laughs) and the only people i knew at the party were like Stu and then my friend ryan and so i was like okay i'm gonna go over there where the two guys that i know and basically the only two people i know well at this party are and i was like hello i'm i think that i am drunk i just wanted to let someone know i may need help (laughs) later on carry on with your evening (laughs) but we're gonna need some assistance later on (laughs) i probably can't walk home that's what i'm saying yeah (laughs) that is i um that's all it was always something just for like friends that freaked me out was like if uh, people were out drinking and Mm -hmm. like friends that i had would like walk home 
alone. That always, like, stressed me out. I didn't... Some people are like... You're like, are are they just gonna wander into a bush never to be seen again? Yeah. It just... (laughs) Then a lot of times I wouldn't even be there, but I'd, like, hear about it. And And I'm just like, like, ah! Like... Yeah, I... I didn't. I didn't plan to do that. Yeah. It just kind of happened, and I was like, no, "Well, I think all right." What <laughs> this is the direction. This With pretty much going in. anyone that I know, if they're wandering around by themselves at night, I'm like, "Uh, be safe." <laughs> I think it's part of it is like my parents. I'm like, if I your if dad I running that, after you with bear spray. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not to to clarify, he was not running at me with bear spray. He was running after me to make sure that I had bear spray and uh, would be safe in a town with no bears. <laughs> but people. A, bear, a bearless town. <laughs> bearless. I did grow up in a bearless town, but we had many a canister of bear spray. <laughs> Just in case. Checks out. Keep it in your nightstand drawer uh, in case of intruders. You never know, and you might need some capsaicin at a moment's Exactly. Notice. I was uh, raised by people that are very paranoid. And as a result, I don't worry about much. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people that don't, don't know me believe that. <laughs> Well, well, I think anyone who's listened for more than one episode already knows it's not true. <laughs> I'm like the person that like locks the doors as soon as we're all inside and it's like 11 in the morning. <laughs> I do that too and I've had people like find that to be weird. People always make fun Like people will come that. over to do something. One time I like locked the door after a friend came over and they were like, Oh, what's happening? And I was like, I'm not locking you in. I'm just locking the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm locking. We've all heard about the murderers that just say like, "Well, this door's open, so I'm coming in." That's. I won't get into details on <laughs> some of the ones that I've heard about, but that's all it takes. All it takes is one hearing about one of those for me, and I feel validated. <laughs> Or, like, people leaving windows unlocked. Just, like, open all the time. I'm like, that is an entrance into this house. We are now unsafe. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's a little bit about me. Um... Going, going, going on a tangent. Yeah. Back. Okay. What, what shit were we talking about? This? So we were talking. Okay. I was shit talking Twilight. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So, so she was like, "I'm not some heroine in. Yeah. I'm in not some love struck heroine in a, yeah. in a novel." I was like, funnily enough, that is exactly what you are. Except you don't seem that love struck. Yeah. Just seems like you vaguely are like physically attracted to Chase, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I feel like Chase doesn't have like that much personality, so it's kind of no. hard for me He's to... He's just a boy that's nearby that's like the same age, and he has leg hair as well. Which she brings up more than once. I feel like that his, whole thing is... soft or downy leg hair. She also brings up like his sweat a lot and things like that. Like these weird like physical attributes. And the only thing I can think is that like 
Allison's interested in these things because they're not very feminine. So she's like, ah, how can I show that he's a manly guy? I know, body hair, sweat, things that women don't have, as we know. I don't have or do either of those things myself, so (laughs) sounds about right. Um, No, the reference to the leg hair in both of the... also, just to backtrack, I reread Shadow Horse. Uh, just to get in the mood. Just yeah, just to just to get in the mood, get caught up before reweeding, 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 <laughs> reweeding whirlwind. Um, and in that one, she references his leg hair, and then she brings it up again in whirlwind. And that's why I'm like, there was so much time. I in think between. I was like live texting you, like Melanie, yeah. his leg hair is being brought up again. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I was notified. Stephanie read it first. I was like, oh, good. Something to look forward to. Definitely the first thing I look for um, in a partner. I'm like, where's your leg hair at? (laughs) I need to see it. Let me take a look. Um, Is it soft and downy? If not, no thanks. What's the quality of that leg hair? I need to... No, but definitely... So... Yeah, what what a whirlwind of a time, if you will. <laughs> um, but I regret that. Um, it that I felt like there was much less focused on any of the horses and like yeah. way more focused on like just this weird drama and definitely like her she has a very strange view of like feminine women. Yeah, she, like, hates them, but also is, like, clearly intrigued by it, too. There's, like, an investigator that the insurance company hires, um, to, like, look into Hugh. Um. She shows up, like, looking professional, and she's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Like, ruin your nails or whatever? And it's like, yeah, she's a woman in a professional job. She showed up wearing a regular business outfit. like, she, like, kind of, Jazz was, like, mean to her and was kind of doing that, like, you you can't fit in here, like, you can't handle this. And her way of proving that she could was to pop open several of the buttons as as, as I would do if a 13-year-old yeah. girl was mean to me. I'd yeah. be like, let me show her the goods. And then thrust her chest forward and got, like, really flirty and, like, weird to prove that she can, like distract men so they tell her stuff and I was like what the fuck is going this is like I know my first impulse with like a a snot-nosed teenager is being a snot-nosed teenager is for me to like want to prove myself to them instead of being like yeah shut up kid I don't care like I why would you I would like barely even dignify that I'd be like okay kid she's like (laughs) she's like a a like she's a professional like she doesn't need to be like look i can be slutty i can be slutty yeah they 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 have they have her act like that for like multiple like characters she's playing flirting with the men to get information and then like even lucy i feel i just feel like if there's any sort of femininity or like sexuality that is mentioned it's always in like a sleazy or like it's 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 gross no matter what like if it's old people then she's like ew why would old people want to have sex even like the Mm -hmm. character's own potentially sexual impulses are kind of gross where like yeah like the sweat and stuff it seems very like 
physical and kind of like an animalistic way. Yeah. Like, I don't really, like, I mean, I guess she and Chase like each other, but I never really, like, understood much of an emotional connection. Because she's also constantly mean to him. Like, and puts him down all the time. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, why do you have to be like that, Jazz? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why do you have to treat him like that? She calls Hopefully. him stupid all the time, like, in various ways. Like, she yeah. just is constantly, like, degrading him and acting like he's stupid. But she's like, I'm on, I have a special, it's, I feel like she... she we have a special relationship. It's okay when I'm abusive. Yeah. Because he knows that it's not serious. And because I have stuff going on, and, like, I have to it's- figure out... What's, like, going on with Whirlwind and... It's okay for me to be emotionally abusive because, like, you know, he gets it. Exactly. It was, yeah, the way that... Yeah, and then Lucy is just, like, a slutty misdirect. It kind of implied that, like, maybe she fucked somebody to get a car. And it was, like, she's getting these nice things. I don't know. They, they, They do Lucy dirty because, like... They basically just turn her into kind of, like, a weird, like, money-mongering, like, A misdirect for, for who girl. the person who's spying on them is. Totally. Then it turns out that nobody was actually maliciously spying on them. It was just, like, one old, like, aunt of you yeah. who just, like, he'd ask her what was going on and she'd gossip about and it, And then you she, know? like, helped, like, Lucy helped get stuff for, like, Jazz and her grandpa's home. And, yeah, like, like, asked her. Brought was, them, like, a microwave and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it was kind of like, you know, I don't know, just because people are, quote-unquote, like, pretty and feminine doesn't mean that they're stupid or and she can, mean. She continues to act like Lucy's this, like, sexual threat, even though I've said totally. it before, and I'll say it again, 16-year-old girls do not want to fuck 14-year-old boys. Like, that's not... The direction things go in. Unless she's, like, really into downy leg hair or something. I, I mean, you know, if that's your fetish, then Chase is even a man, <laughs> I guess. As we've learned, <laughs> he's got it in spades. Um, no, that's weird jealousy. And then, like, she got... Lucy gets, like, a new red car and is, like, really coy about, like, how she got it. And so that and you're like, oh, she must have gotten it from Hugh somehow. But, like, immediately she pulls up and, like, all of the the men folk are like, ooh, car! And, like, <laughs> she's, like, immediately all four men, like, I mean, are looking under the engine. Melanie, like, there are yeah. two genders, car guys and horse girls. <laughs> I think we've all learned that. <laughs> I've known that for years. <laughs> um, no, it was just, it just was interesting how... They, like, lean so hard into weird gender stereotypes and just, like, the tomboy girl versus the feminine girl. I don't even... I mean, you know, there's nothing more disgusting than being a woman, so anything that you do to be more womanly, you should be ashamed of. Cheers to that, Stephanie. (laughs) Cheers to that. Hit the nail on the head. (laughs) This is actually an anti-woman podcast. 
case you guys didn't know. Um, <laughs> we support the patriarchy over Women, here. Women, why do they keep doing what they do? Yep. And, we and how sus- can we stop them? Yep. Anti-woman, uh, pro-gender binary. Binary? Binary? Binary. You know, it's... It's Wednesday. <laughs> she can't even say it's late or it's early because it's the afternoon right now, so. Yeah. yeah. But I worked earlier or whatever, so. So, you know, so, you know, it's been, I did stuff. It's been, been, a, it's been a day. I've been awake for a number of hours. <laughs> Nine, just about to be exact. <laughs> anyway. There's no relevance to this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what are some others? So anyway, so her portrayal of women, interesting. Her portrayal of just the way that they portray Hugh as, like, this guy who has this really smooth operation going and, like, is perfectly, always just perfectly together emotionally and, like, you know, clothing-wise, whatever. Perfectly quaffed, if you will. Um, and, like, you know, it clearly is really not in any real danger unless he does stupid shit. And then he is, like, grabbing her by the throat in the courthouse just out of sight of everyone. Yeah, he, and, like, he physically attacks her. Hi, hi George. Yeah, Sorry, George, George is, is like, sniffing. standing on my head Every right so now. often, he gets really into <laughs> sniffing people's hair. Uh, <laughs> unclear why. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just going on a journey with, with Stephanie's hair. Um, but yeah, he like straight up like corners her and like chokes her, covers her mouth, threatens threatens her and like everyone that she loves, and then just like walks out this door. And I'm like, I just I. I yeah, understand then, that people are, like, can be sociopaths and do, like, things that seem relatively insane, but I was like, if he's supposed to be so calm, cool, and collected all the time, he's not just gonna be out here choking a 13-year-old in public. Yeah, well, and then he, like, follows her to Florida, because that's where Whirlwind this is. The, yeah, the ending but, like, is just... Meanwhile, okay, he, she, like, knows what he looks like, and she probably doesn't know who anybody else involved in his operation looks like, so, like, why not just pay someone else to do it? Even, yeah. like, goddamn Joe Exotic could pay a hitman. <laughs> like, uh, you think you can't? Like, <laughs> you definitely could. And he shows up in the middle of a hurricane wearing... She describes it as, like, a... He's wearing some, like, really nice, like, hunter sport coat or something like that. Just, like... And is, like, ready to murder her. And also everyone is like, well, we know that he he murdered two horses, like... There's no way he would, he would stop, like, or there's nothing to stop him from murdering a person now. And, like, I understand there's, like, a correlation between, like, animal abuse and, like, murdering people. But usually there's some aspect of, like, you're torturing these animals because you're getting some sort of gratification or, like... Yeah, but, like but he's, he's like, ostensibly like, just getting money out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, 
I'm mur- like he's not murdering these horses because he just gets a kick out of murdering horses. He's running a business and is like, I can make money if like these horses are killed. It doesn't seem like he gets anything out of actually killing them. It's just, it's like a business transaction. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a really big jump to go from, like, I poisoned these horses so I can make money to definitely gonna murder a person. But they're like, there's nothing stopping him now. He would 100% kill a person. Uh, He also, like, crosses state lines to commit these crimes, so that's, like, extra crimes right there. That's- now it's a federal thing, so good luck with that, but, like, I feel like he would have, like, looked into this. He would know, like, what things are are a worse crime. You know, if he's a real sociopath, he would be being more calculated in Mm -hmm. his behavior. Well, that's leading up to this point. It's, like, in every other way, he's, like, very smart and calculated, and, like, all of a sudden, he's just gonna throw that all away and start attacking people and murder- murdering yeah, people Yeah, he, like, hits willy-nilly. the private I- investigator with his car and stuff, and it's like, did you think that, like, even if, like, ostensibly, like, you were able to get away with, like, getting rid of this horse, like- now you have an adult with, uh, like, witnesses who saw her right after the injury yeah. who you've hit with a car. Like, <laughs> Also, there's no way that they were going to have a 13-year-old fly to Florida to ID this horse. Yeah. Like, they were basically... Like, on, her, the, on her own. Yeah, the yeah. investigator was like, be ready with your bags packed because as soon as we find Whirlwind, you're gonna have to ID her and we will need you there no, in person. No one else has ever yeah. seen this horse. No matter where it is, whether it's overseas, like, you have to be the one. This is what is going to seal the case. And I'm like, that's literally, they would be like, no, sorry, you need to, like, this is a, I mean, this is like a, a case. Like, like, like you go to court and you're like, yes, I, this 13-year-old girl, uh, think that this is my horse. Like, yes. no. <laughs> that's, there's no way in. There's so much weirdness. You would have an adult come do it. It would be like her grandpa who was doing that. Yeah, there's no way in hell. And also, speaking of her grandpa, just there's some her view of older folks. I'm like, I understand that um, her grandpa had a stroke. I want to know how old Allison Hart was (laughs) because I'm like. Let's she, look it up because I really I like I have some questions about I think, like she thinks that people that are in their sixties are like almost on dead death's door and I'm <laughs> like that is my parents are in their sixties they're like two of the most active people that I know but she's like his snow white hair like I, and I also understand that he had a stroke but he's like supposed to okay, be okay so Allison Hart it seems to think is fairly old. No, that's a different person. Maybe she, like, hates her parents. I mean, you know, who... And so she's like, who all, doesn't? All old other people. Than you. Yeah, other than... <laughs> sorry, I love my parents. <laughs> um, but just her descriptions of older folks, I'm like... You... Th- they're not... You don't just, like, hit 60 and, like, become... Useless. Yeah, I mean, like, he he did have a stroke, but also yeah. before that, he was doing, like, hard manual labor yeah. on his farm every day. And they basically lined it up as though, like, he would be most of the way back to that. And in this one, it's like, 
he's like <clears throat> falling asleep all of the time and mm-hmm. with his snow white hair and he's Yeah, he's like falling asleep with his mouth open weak. and also they've like left this um like she's having to help him like get ready for like the day and it's it's like so tiring for her to do it. Yeah. It's just and then like the Hugh's aunt that it winds up being the accidental mole um mm-hmm. who's like has feelings for her grandpa the way that they it sounds like she's supposed to be around the same age and they're like having her move into an she seems like she's totally fine but she's moving into an assisted living place and the way that's the way that they describe her makes her sound like she is like 87. And I'm like, there's... That's a big difference. Being in your 60s is not... Like, you still have a lot of life left ahead of you. As long as you're, like, relatively healthy. And it seemed like she was totally fine. But she's, like, rouging her cheeks. Like, doing kind of, like... Like, it's, like, like like painted on kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, she had a lot of florals. I mean, I've... Floral furniture. I've worked in an assisted living place, and the only person that we had there in her 60s was there because she also had an eating disorder. And so she, like, needed people to see if she was eating. Like, that was her whole reason for being there, essentially. Difference. Difference. Gosh, I am having... I'm not finding her age. A lot of her, like... Well, I was looking... Well, she's got kind of the same picture for everything. Um... There's things that try to direct you to her website, but her website doesn't exist anymore. It goes to some weird other thing now. Hmm. Um, I'm not having a lot of luck. I would be curious as to... What are you doing, George? Just, making a lot of mouth noises over there. He likes to do that. Um, okay, she's definitely... I mean, she was writing books, you know, a lot of them in 94. Oh, there's, there's one in... It says 1976, so... She's gotta be in her... Oh my god, it's called Sins of Surrender. What the heck? Is that erotica? No, it's the Girls in Truffle 5. (laughs) What in the world? Girls in Truffle 5. Now I need more information. George, what is happening with your mouth right now? (laughs) What are you eating? <laughs> Your own head? Always. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm trying to find... I can't even find this this Girls in Trouble book, but I'm very interested. That. Hold on. Hmm. Okay, and I found some, some things with this book. Allison Hart, Girls in Trouble 5. It's just called Sins of Surrender. But I'm not finding any descriptions. There's literally, it's like just the same random picture of a book. I feel like you should write a fan fiction of that without knowing anything except for the title. There's like, a, there's what? a, the cover is like a, a lady in like a house dress. And then there's a younger looking girl wearing like a pink dress, like a low cut thing. I think it says something like, once she had loved him, now her heart held only fear for the man who's... Something child she carried. Oh, illegitimate child she carried within her. 
Okay, wow. That's pretty... There's no description of this book, but just zooming in on the front cover, that's what it says. <laughs> oh my god, it's a whole series. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, how many of these are there? <laughs> House of Shame. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, I don't even know. I... House of Shame? I think these are all about girls who get, who got knocked up when they were younger. Wow. Oh. Clearly these were not uh, not the most popular books, because almost nothing that I found... That is really surprising. <laughs> nothing that I'm seeing here even, like, has a description. You know, they're just, like, pictures of old paperback. Oh my god, the cover for Sins of Surrender is so scary. Yeah. It's, like, a girl in, like, a slip, like, nightdress, who clearly, who's holding her stomach, and then there's this The judgmental-looking lady hanging out here. woman lurking in the background with, like, a lab coat on. Are they in a bedroom? What's happening? I don't know. Okay, yeah, no, okay, this is a series. Let's see, House of Shame is book one. Jesus Christ. Book three, Act of Outrage. Oh, Lord. Lies of Passion, that's number four. So I think that other people maybe wrote some of the other ones, because I'm, I'm having a hard time Allison wrote them number one, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. House of Shame, the little snippet says, Could she bear the pain of her lover's betrayal? Would okay. she bear the disgrace of being an unwed mother? They're all about unwed mothers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, book four actually has a description on Goodreads. Oh my god. The paperback on this is, Amazon is what came up for it. Mm-hmm. It's $955.10. Well worth it, I think. Oh god. Let's see. Okay. The only one here that has a description is, is book four, Lies of Passion. Uh Terribly alone. That's how Neva uh, Cavendish felt as the police escorted her through the iron gates of Wellwood. How could a love that was so right have ended so miserably, she wondered. Handsome, charming, successful, Alan had been the only man in her life, and he told her time and again that when his divorce was finalized, he wanted her to become his wife. (laughs) But that was before beautiful Raina came to Alan, begging her husband to take her back. Suddenly everything was different. Then... Neva was on her own again with no family to help her and burdened by the awful knowledge that with her she carried Alan's child. Wait, is she like a grown woman or is she a teenager? I think she's a teenager. That is fucked up. I don't even know what's... Allison has some some stuff. Allison has some stuff going on. These are her first books, too. Like, these are from, like, the 70s. So... If there's one thing that we're learning with just this podcast, <laughs> it's that, um, like, writers of horse books, really, ch- there's, there's, children's a, there's horse a lot going on. Have some problems. <laughs> Which, let me tell you, shocking to find out. Wouldn't have expected it. I, I am normal, so. You know... I don't want to read these, but I'm very interested at the same time. You can get that one for, you know, under a thousand, so. I think that was brand new, you know, because I'm sure any of these, if you went on to, like, thrift books or something, you could find it. I'm sure they're not in the library because 
No one's checked this book out in 25 years. First no. edition of Lies of Passion is $38.99 on eBay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, why? Why so much? Who's buying these other than some, you? Some pervert. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. What a I mean, journey we're on. This, is, this has been a wild ride so far. I don't, I don't know if I even want to know what's going on in these books. There's but, some fucked up shit going on. Uh, I would love to, Allison, if you're listening to this, you're not, but I would love to interview about, uh, just your, your life. Like, I want to know who you are. Hey, Allison. It's us. <laughs> Melanie and Stephanie. Um, if you could get back to us about that interview we talked about, it would be great. <laughs> I know you're probably super into it after all of our commentary. About your personal life. Yeah, I'm sure you want to give us more information. Can't wait. Uh, I hope you're well and (laughs) that some of the men you know aren't violent. Yeah. I'm not... My hopes aren't high based on... Content of your books. What we've seen so far. (laughs) I hope you've come to terms with, you know, women. Men. Yeah. Just... I hope you've I hope you've you've dealt with some stuff. Therapy is a great tool for <laughs> processing. Um, recommend it if you haven't tried it already. Yeah, I mean, who knows how old Allison is? Like one of those books was definitely she's, like from like seventy six or she's something like, like for that. Sure so rouging her cheeks now, according yeah. to what I think she thinks. Yeah. Older, older women folk should be doing. Oh boy. But yeah, I mean, so like, the book ends, like, they find where Whirlwind is, they fly to Florida, blah, blah, blah. There's a hurricane. There's a hurricane, Hugh shows up and attacks her, and then, like, she ends up having to, like, run out into the hurricane to get Whirlwind, and then when she finds him, or finds Whirlwind, she's like, oh, everything's gonna be okay now. Like, Chase and I can get together. He's not talking to her because she's been, like, emotionally abusive to him. Um, And Um, she's like, everything's resolved. I'm like, okay, but nothing is resolved. He was just, like, knocked out unconscious in the middle of this whirlwind. Freaking A. (laughs) This this hurricane. And then, yeah, she finds whirlwind and is like, we've done it. And then the book just ends. She, She literally finds whirlwind has her, they're still in the middle of a hurricane. Hugh's still just passed out, lying on the ground. The investigator uh, is still, like, bleeding from her injuries from Hugh hitting her car with his car. And Jazz is just like, yeah, we're good. Like Mission accomplished. Drop the banner. Nothing could go wrong now. It is free sailing from here on out. (laughs) Like, did the hurricane continue? Did it get worse? Like, doors were being ripped off of the barn before this. Is Hugh dead? (laughs) We can only Will he be prosecuted if he's not dead? What's going to happen to the investigator? She was, like, literally bleeding from the head. (laughs) How are they going to get... Are they going to get home? Like, what... Her her grandpa is... Is he going to continue to drool on himself forever? Are Miss Han and Dr. Danvers going to get married? I think they clearly are. That's the one thing I don't have questions about. They're both, they're both into it. 
they it's mutual like to eat fried chicken that's like also been the, the what carried over she brings up like getting fast food several yeah. times in these books as like a fun treat sort of thing and i'm like you think just going to get like a bag of burgers from the drive-in is like the height of luxury allison or like the like the long description of them like remodeling the trailer that her grandfather's gonna live yeah. in I'm like, you've had to remodel a gross trailer. This is, like, you drawing from a lived experience. So I think, like, a lot of this is, like, just from her experiences yeah. as an adult without very much money who, like, you know, probably couldn't eat out very much. And that actually was exciting for her. But I feel like if you had money, that wouldn't be yeah. that well, exciting. I, for one, am surprised that uh, Girls in Trouble didn't just take off. Yeah. Make her skyrocket into fame. It and seems success. like it. I don't know. The covers were very uh, like VC Andrews ish. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I felt like some real or creep- like Sweet Valley High. Yeah, some kind of creepy like sexual shit is definitely happening in those yeah. books. Yeah, like that one with the married dude. Yeah, no, they, she's a teen. They, they all girls and they all seem like they're about like older men being abusive towards like girls who have been involved with them sexually in some way so yeah i i don't know i'm concerned concerned about allison's life allison if you need someone to talk to go ahead and reach out to us at pasturebedtimepod at gmail.com uh we we're here for you it seems it's like i said just seems like you've got some stuff if you will. I've said if you will too many times already. Well, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. You know, just so far, every one of these horse books, I'm like, I am concerned about the people writing this and, like, the characters themselves. Like, there's just, there's always these abusive older men in these books and, like, a weird hatred of other women, especially other feminine women. It seems like every single one of these has had an, a sexy blonde lady that everyone hates. I would just like to point out for our listeners, <laughs> um, given these are my books, <laughs> these seem to be what I was drawn to, um, I wasn't drawing from personal experience. I have a wonderful father. And I didn't hate blonde women, so I mean you, you say that, but all of your all of your close friends do seem to be brunette except for Kara at the moment. That is relatively your Jan. Jan's blonde. <laughs> um Kyle considers himself to be a blonde person. <laughs> what? Kyle's wrong. <laughs> Kyle, you're not blonde. I don't know why you would think that. <laughs> Jordan always says that he hates blonde people. And I'm like, what about Kyle? And he's like, he's a fake blonde person. He's not he's blonde. He's not a blonde person. Just because he thinks that he's a blonde person doesn't mean that he Just is because a you have person. a blonde child, that doesn't grandfather you into being blonde. I know. You have brown hair like every other loser on this planet. Just accept it. Sorry, the people have spoken, Kyle. (laughs) I think I told him I would accept that he was, like, dirty blonde. It's like, you you live live your truth. Kyle is not blonde. 
He was just blonde as a child. I mean, his child is very blonde. Lots of children are blonde. Like, that's the whole toehead thing is really common. I was blonde as a baby. Does this look like I'm blonde right now? No. Does it appear to be blonde? My sister was also blonde as a baby, which my aunt Pam um, still, she'll like, she just thinks, she said that she thinks of Valerie as being blonde because she was so blonde until she was two. (laughs) Like, those two years of like, for some reason, she's been a brunette ever since then. So for like 30 years. <laughs> but she's always like, I always just describe her as a blonde person. I was Why like, are no. you describing her as a blonde? <laughs> or thinking of her Whenever as a people lover. talk to me about anyone that I know, I'm not like, oh yeah, she's blonde, you know? That's usually the, my lead in. I'm like, let me give you some physical traits so that you can understand whether or not you should care because you know your physical appearance is the most important like measurement of your value i'm like brown hair brown eyes so like not super exciting but this friend she has brown hair and green eyes so little little bit hotter than me (laughs) a little bit more interesting what do you say yeah uh again for our listeners that don't know what we look like. I have brown hair and brown eyes, so I'm roasting myself. <laughs> but that was actually always like a thing when I was little. I my sister has brown hair and blue eyes, and I always wished that I did not. One or the other was different, so I was like, I'm just boring because I have brown hair and brown eyes. That's not exciting. When I was a really little kid, I thought you could tell gender from eye color. Really. <laughs> Because um, I have brown eyes, and my mom has brown eyes, and my dad and my brother both have blue eyes, so I thought that was how you could tell. It's kind of adorable. I was really confused for a while. <laughs> I want to meet someone. Because I was sure that was the reason for quite a while, and then I was like, oh, maybe there's other ways that you're supposed <laughs> to be telling. <laughs> there are other signs. So I met, like, an uncle or something that had brown eyes, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I'm confused. Everyone keeps saying he, but those are brown eyes, so. (laughs) Seems fake. That's actually really funny. Just the, in general, the conclusions that, like, kids reach about stuff. Yeah. And then, like, the the point where they realize it's not, it's different than what they thought. Like, me and my, I thought that when you turn the TV off, like, it stopped whatever you were watching. And you thought it would just start up at the same spot? Yeah, so I always thought that, I just thought that if I turned it on and it was not on anymore, that one of my family members had, like, turned the TV on at some point and, like, fucked things up for me. And so I just thought that they were all, like, mean. Sabotaging <laughs> you behind for your For a certain bag. period of time. And then at some point, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. But it took a while. Object permanence. Yeah. Having issues with that. Yeah, I, um, I think that the thing with me is, like, I definitely understood that there were physical differences between people, but I didn't think that was connected to their gender for some reason. I don't know what I thought it was. But, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, the eye color, that's definitely how you can tell. 
yeah, I don't know. That 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 was my mindset when I was like five. I figure I figured out, you know, we were using different markers later. But well, what one should I read for next time? What else? So what you have? Um, two I have others. Yeah, I have the one where like the that that racing oh. one. Hmm. Um, I have that like one with the unicorn on the yeah. cover. So that one's more like a. And then I feel like there's, like, of... there's one more. I think I had, like, three more that you had given me. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'll let you decide. The The one with the unicorn is more of a, like, more kind of, like, historical, fantastical. Do you remember the title thing. of that one? Um, I know that there's a horse named Periwinkle. Is it The Little White Horse? Yes. Features a, set in 1842, it features a recently orphaned teenage girl who is sent to the manor house of her cousin and guardian in the West uh, Country of England. The estate, village, and vicinity are shrouded in mystery and magic. The Little White Horse is a unicorn. Yes, so it's described as low fantasy. It was written in 1946. Low fantasy. Wow, that's rude. <laughs> No, I... Maria Merriweather. God, what a name. At age 13. They're all, like, 13 in these stories. They made it into a show or a movie? Uh, There's a television miniseries called... Moonacre. Yeah, Moonacre. What? Oh, J.K. Rowling said it was her favorite childhood book. Oh, no. I liked it before she said that, so... I'm sure you did. (laughs) 2008 fantasy film. Mm. The Secret of Moonacre. What? Mostly well, shot in Hungary. The budget was $27 million Are and you? made $7 million. Oh, <gasps> damn. Oh, it looks like it probably had to have a lot of CGI. I bet that's the reason. Hmm. Okay. What? Tim well, Curry is in it. What? Okay. Uh, what the fuck? Well, alright. So, I'll, I'll read the... The Little White Horse, and then for we'll next watch time, the movie. and then maybe we'll watch the movie in a in a special follow up. Yes, and I have not. I like loved this book when I was a kid, but it's another one that I I you have not have revisited. Not re- revisited. It was just in a box somewhere with my parents' stuff. This will be fascinating. <laughs> Well, sorry it took so long for for this episode to come out, it guys. It was my fault. Um, Melanie, Melanie just didn't have time to read two books. Yeah. I mean, they were, like, super easy to read. It's just been... There's been a lot happening the last couple weeks. Uh, for all the Kara fans, um, Kara no longer lives with me. She moved into her own place, and so... I have a new roommate now, Miranda. <laughs> Kara's, Kara's out there. You Doing know, a thing. Sing, a single lady in the big city. <laughs> single lady in the big city. So. Single female lawyer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I apologize for the Futurama joke. That's, that was inappropriate. You know? What better time? I, I'm glad you said Futurama because I was like... Uh, it's the, it's this fake TV show that was going on and then 
like the last broadcast of the finale got interrupted and these aliens were gonna like invade and destroy Earth because they didn't get to see the end of the TV series because the broadcast had gotten disrupted so then everyone had to act out their a new version of it. Sounds about right. Yeah. I loved Futurama back in the day. I like it too. Mostly because it's a lot of Star Trek jokes. Whereas like a lot of other pop culture stuff, they're like Star Wars jokes. I'm like, I don't care about these jokes. Do a joke that I like. What about me? What about the particular flavor of nerd that I am? <laughs> Please cater to my particular Excuse flavor me. of nerd. Excuse me. <laughs> Where's <Wow>. Spock? <laughs> I need a male interest who has a problem with his emotions. That's what I'm looking for. You're not giving it to me. <laughs> oh, Spock. Love him. Yeah, it also helps that, like, Leonard Nimoy just was was never problematic up until his death, as opposed to, like, most of the other main Star Trek people. Yeah. I'm clearly not including Nichelle Nichols in that, but, like, Wait, God, if, if Shatner could shut the fuck up, that oh would be great. God. He could just stop talking. I saw him. Uh, he was into raining. It's a horse uh, practice. I almost said, if you will, but I, res- I restrained myself. Um, but it's where you, like, basically you run your horse fast and then, like, get them to, like, slide or do different things just with... Um, anyway, um, but my friend did that and William Shatner was big into it. Weird. Um, so I saw him at a couple of raining shows doing that and I mean he was like fine he clearly was not like great at it but everyone was like it's William Shatner so it was like a big deal he just seemed like kind of like an old kind of pompous dude (laughs) yeah yep yep yeah who paid like a lot of money for really nice horses and like really good trainers yeah he's done and said some some real some bad stuff over the years and more recently. Leonard Nimoy problematic, found to be problematic after he died? No. Oh, okay. That's the way you'd said it. No, no. He's safely like, dead. He has, he will, he can't do anything problematic because he's not alive. No, I didn't know if something came out. Oh, not, you know, not that I know okay. of. I feel like he's never done anything super weird. Okay, um, cool. That's what I thought, but just the way you'd said it, you I know, was like, wait, did I miss something? He acted for a bit and then he did um, mostly like photography and poetry stuff. He's got several books of photography and some books of poetry about, you know, the beauty of Jewish women. He's Jewish. He had one photography book that was called The Full Body Book that was a bunch of uh, art nudes of this uh, plus-size burlesque troupe. Really? pretty cool, yeah. That's awesome. Because he was doing, like, you know, regular artsy photography, and at one of his, like, presentations about his stuff, like one of the ladies who worked at this review came up to him and was like, so I noticed that these are all extremely thin people that you're taking pictures of. Is there a reason that you're doing that? And he was like, no, I don't know why I'm doing that. And so then he, like, did a series with, like, this burlesque troupe. Um, so, like, that was an art book. And just, yeah, I don't know, generally seemed nice. I've never really heard anything bad about 
Leonard Nimoy. And he also would do, um, on multiple occasions, did some pay equality things where, like, they weren't paying Nichelle Nichols the same as everybody else. And he basically was like, you will pay her appropriately or I'm not going to work for you. Good for him. There are several other, like, stories like that going around. These are just, like, a few little ones. But yeah, Letter Nimoy was, was, as far as I know, just a lovely man. All the time. I love that. That's good. That, I had a, a brief moment of, of concern that there was something bad that I didn't know about. But, okay. Good. Good man. Okay. Well... well. Yeah, I feel I feel like we've covered everything we need to cover about this book. So it was a little uh, out of our usual structure. Structure. That's the word I was looking for. Um, but it was a it was a special episode. So we'll be back to our regular structure for the next one with Stephanie reading uh, reading the Little White Horse. Yes. All right. Well, All right. thanks for listening, guys. It's been. Real fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Happiest child. I don't choose them schools because of anxiety. 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 Because of anxiety.